So we've finished um, going through the book of Numbers. Uh, lots of those sermons are on the web if you want to, if you missed some of those. We're going to start a, a series on uh, the church, the church, the purposes of the church. It's six parts on the intro, and then we're going to have um, one each week from now on about the five purposes of the church. So we're going to do that, uh, but first we can show that graph. And so as these guys form up, you start to form up, I want us to look at, this is what has happened in the church. So the green one has been the giving, and uh, blue one is weekly attendance. So what sort of happened is from... Uh, there's a dip in 2011, someone, someone else is leading the church. In 2012, we had about um, 20-ish people here. Who was here in the start of 2012? There's a few of us. Yeah, cool. And um, we're about 120 now, and the giving was about 50-something, and we're about 200-something now. Okay? But... This is not the purpose of church. This here is the purpose of church. Okay, so it's like, this is like a front row and the two locks of a scrum, right? So this, I'm going to form up now, chaps. So this is the uh, loose, loose head. This is the hooker. This is the tight head prop. And this is the two uh, locks. So here is uh, evangelism, edification, worship, right in the middle. Uh, this is fellowship, koinonia. This is social concern, um, the sort of caring for the community outside. So feast your eyes on the beauty and the majesty and the glory of the local church. <clears throat> there it is. Okay, throw the ball in. Let's see if it actually works. Put the ball in. Put the ball in. Put the ball in now. Three, two, one. Oh, under his foot. Thank you. Very good. Thank you. The five purposes of the local church. The hooker, Jason, was worship. Loose head prop, Adrian, is the community of faith. That's koindonia, uh, koindonia. Relationships of mutual obligation. Not just fellowship, not just hanging out, but it's koindonia, deep relationships. Uh, tight head prop, Aaron, is... Um, social concern, the way we minister to the community outside of our walls. And the locks, Dan and Caleb, was evangelism and edification. Evangelism, edification. Edification is spiritual development. Okay? The five purposes of church. Uh, we'll do the scriptures. God, we've got to start with this. God actually, despite what you've heard, God 
loves the church. God loves the church. Matthew 16, 18, he said, Jesus said this, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Next one, amen. Acts 9, 4, 5. You know, Saul was persecuting the church. He was going around imprisoning, uh, doing terrible things to the believers. And then the Holy Spirit of Jesus got him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Now, he wasn't persecuting Jesus, was he? Jesus had already resurrected. He was persecuting the church. But the voice said, why do you persecute me? Jesus personifies himself with the church. Who are you, Lord? Saul asked, I am Jesus, who you are persecuting? He replied. Thank you. Next one. Ephesians 5.25. Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Next one. 1 Corinthians 3.16. Don't you, plural, know that you, plural, English is not so good here, that's why we're going to go to Māori later, uh, yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst. Uh, and, and other languages uh, indicate this better in te reo. Um, Kahoreoti koto, you, plural, imato. Don't you know, he faritapu koto no te atua. You are a house of the Lord. Ah, kei rotu ia koto te wairua te atua e noho ana. In you, the Holy Spirit dwells. God loves the church. God loves the church. God loves the church. But what does the church do? What is the purpose of the church? What does the church do? And luckily, there's no shortage of opinion about that. <laughs> I wish I had a dollar every time I heard um, the phrase, the church should, the church should. You know, however, we shouldn't should on the church. Don't should on the church. I remember uh, one of uh, Noho Marais where we had our church camp out, up at uh, Whangaraa. And someone was really excited about the second day. He said, oh, this is what church is all about. And I said, uh, partly. Because, yeah, partly. But, we, but when we ask the Bible that question, what is the church about? We don't just get one answer. In fact, the church, as the theologians, those that have studied the Bible have asked that question of the Bible, what is the church about? They come up with five major things. And they're all linked together, like our tight five. Five things. It's not about, not about one thing, it's about five things. And they're all held together, like, like the tight five. And since uh, rugby's going to be one of the major activities of heaven, and the tight fords will be honoured above every other person. We, we're going to look at one of those each week for the next five weeks. The five pillars of activity of the church. 
And there's, you know, there's other things as well. There's like the loose forwards in the backs that lurk around. But it's really, really about the tight five. It's about worship, evangelism, edification, social concern, and the koinonia, the together, the relationships of mutual obligation. Uh, Warren is going to do worship. Amanda's going to do koinonia. Dan's going to do social concern, and I'll do the edification and evangelism. And we're not to shoot on, we don't shoot on the church, but the church, we use together. Worship, evangelism, edification, together, koinonia. This is the job of the church. The church, we use together. So today is the introduction one big thing to remember today, the church we used to give a worship evangelism, edification, social concern, koinonia. Worship. Warren's going to do worship. It's not only about singing, but it does include singing. You know, sung worship to God has been around for thousands of years. It's still important. It's still part of worship. Warren's going to do that. Evangelism, oral and other ways of presenting Jesus as a rescuer and our need to be rescued. I think it's a weakness of the Western church at the moment. I do believe that. Uh, Edification means spiritual development, helping us to grow um, and mature as disciples of Christ. And there's different ways of that taking place. Teaching, preaching, small groups, relationships, taking roles and responsibilities. And one of the main jobs of a pastor, my job, Warren's job, Shah's job, is, is that edification of the teaching, of bringing people into spiritual maturity, helping us all towards spiritual maturity. Edification, number four, social concern. Dan's going to do this one. So social concern is caring for those outside of the church. That's a part of the job of the church as well. And there's kind of conservative and progressive parts to that. So for instance, uh, protesting abortion, conservative. Uh, Feeding the hungry, progressive. And care for all of God's will, like um, some of us did yesterday up at Whangara. So um, this is a winner social concern. People get this. This is perhaps one of the sexiest parts of church, that um, people understand outside our walls care. Hey, they understand about caring for others and about caring for the world. People outside here, they get social action, helping those on the edge. Uh, particularly our 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 time, Westerners in the 21st century. Non-Westerners less so. We noticed in Africa when people talked about care, they found it hard to think outside of their own family or clan because there's so much need just inside their own family and clan, they kind of found it hard to think outside of that. But Westerners really get that at the moment. 
However, the biblical priority is caring first and foremost for the community of faith. Matthew 25, verse 40, Jesus said, When you care for the least of these, you care for me. When you care for the least of these, you care for me. Now, the best exegesis, which means the interpretation of that word least, the best interpretation of that word least, when Jesus spoke in that context, is that the least is for this prop here. This is for Adrian, the community of faith. He was talking about when you care for the least of these, my disciples, you care for me. However, very often uh, amongst parachurch organizations, they want to interpret least as the other prop, Aaron. But really, that doesn't belong there. The least of these belongs to Adrian. Galatians 6.10 says this, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially the family of faith. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to the family of faith. The priority of our caring goes first to the family of faith, but also to Aaron, the other prop. Relationships, the word for community is koinonia. It's a Greek word. It means relationships, relationships of mutual obligation. Relationships of mutual obligation. Romo. If the koinonia of a local church is strong, you know, if koinonia is strong, it can make a church almost bomb-proof. You know, good relationships in the church can make it really, really strong. Can make it survive, you know, like a year long of the most tedious sermon series you ever come across. If the relationship of the church is strong. Um, Can survive the most horrific heresy known to the church of God. It can survive lack of evangelism. Can survive lack of care of the community outside our, our doors can survive um, woeful worship of all types if the koinonia, if that loosehead prop is strong. The koinonia, the Roma relationships of mutual obligation. And it's huge in the New Testament. Something like 59 times there is the phrase one another, love one another, care for one another, forgive one another. There's heaps of one another's relationships of mutual obligation. Now, Romo sounds a lot like FOMO, but it's not the same thing. FOMO, you know what FOMO is? Fear of missing out. So, for instance, it's, um, in our society, we, we become increasingly fearful of commitment. The reason is this, that if I commit to something... I might miss out on something else. So if I join the soccer team that plays on Saturday afternoon, what say there's a surf on Saturday afternoon? I might miss out on that. Um, so another example, if, what's, if I marry, what say there's other, what about all those other attractive others that I might miss out on? 
uh, FOMO, fear of missing out. We had a young drummer, a really good drummer, and, and um, he, he played a bit, and we asked him to, to come on the roster, and he got really frustrated, and he texted back, he says, I just can't, I just can't tell you when I'm going to be available until Saturday night, because I just don't know what's happening socially. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the irony is this, the truth is this, by not committing, we miss out. By not committing, you think of the best uh, sports teams you've ever been a part of, you've been highly devoted to them. And by not committing to someone in marriage, you miss out on the, 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 the incredible gifts of a committed relationship. By not committing to local church, you miss out, and we miss out, to relationships of mutual obligation. We, Tato, we all miss out. And church leaders around town, we all encourage commitment. You gain, we gain by commitment, deep relationships. Not just hanging out, but hanging in with each other. So the type five, worship, evangelism, edification, social concern, koinonia. Uh, these things go together. The, tight, the, the, the five are tight. Cross links all over the place as we learn more of Christ. You know, as we learn more of Christ, we want to worship him, mate. Eh? As we learn more about him. I was at... Um, uh, theology thing last year, and one of the, the speaker, actually, he had a PhD, he was a very intelligent man, and, and um, uh, Canadian, and he was speaking about Jesus, and then every now and again, he said, oh, I think we need to just stop and worship the Lord now, hey, because as we, as we learn about him, as we understand more about him, we want to worship him more. Uh, if, not here, but other places I've heard this sort of thing go on is saying, um, a worship leader might say something like, well, we're not going to have any preaching. I'm not going to attack you with the Bible. We're just going to blah, 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 blah. And then 15 minutes later, we have the first song. And I think, well, actually, that was preaching. It actually just wasn't very good preaching. <laughs> in fact... <clears throat> Would you mind giving me the microphone? I'm going to do some revenge singing for 15 minutes. <laughs> you know, worship, worship is not an isolated thing. Words of spiritual truth have power, whether it's sung or spoken. Worship links to other things. Uh, Time magazine article was, was looking at the slow response of uh, Hurricane Katrina in the, in the States. And one thing it noticed, wasn't a Christian writer, one thing they noticed was the overwhelming response by evangelical and charismatic church communities to that disaster. And the churches just got there. Believing groups of people got there and served the people. And this writer said it was notably absent of the groups, the atheist and the agnostic groups were not there. You couldn't see them. But the churches were there serving the people. 
Evangelism and edification go together. The locks, preaching and teaching go together. And in fact, in the Bible, that, that difference is not huge, teaching and preaching. Both truth that promotes response and spiritual change. Uh, another example, Sisters of Compassion, Mother Teresa. You know, the way they'd start the day, they would pray and worship together, five in the morning, and then they would go out and serve the people. Worship and compassion. The five are tight. They go together. They assist and empower each other. They're not competitors. The five are tight. First thing. Second thing. No one local church is good at everything all the time. Different churches have their strengths. And sometimes even uh, one particular church will go through seasons of, of a strength, of worship or evangelism or edification. And thirdly, uh, mostly we're going to talk about local church, but there is also parachurch organizations. And what happens often when, a ch- when the church in general is weak at something, organizations grow up, parachurch organization, organizations grow up to fill the gap, like World Vision, uh, Christians Against Prov- Poverty, Promise Keepers, Boys Brigade, Billy Graham Crusades. So, the type five, worship, evangelism, edification, social concern, together. We're going to finish off with communion, and our youth are going to help distribute that today. And what we're going to do is just, uh, we're just going to pray for the church, okay? We're going to pray for the church as we have communion because of this verse. Can we show this last verse? This is Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Acts chapter 20, verse 28. It says this, Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Just want us to concentrate on the the last uh, part of verse 28 though. Be shepherds of the church of God, the church of God, the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. You know, so often in communion, we think about us individually and that what Christ did on the cross for us individually. But what that says is that the blood that Christ shed on the cross is for his church, his bride, that beautiful type five there. That's what that is about also. Okay? So as we take the blood as we celebrate what Christ did on the cross. Take it, get together, either you and someone else or a group of three or just by yourself. Take the communion. Remember the blood of Christ on the cross that he loved the church, that he loves the church. Amen? Let's pray as uh, we give out communion. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you loved your church. Christ loved the church like a husband loves his wife. And um, so much that you shed your blood on the cross, not just for us individually, but for us together, for us together. Te tapu.
so much you, you, you poured your Holy Spirit into us together and help us to, to love her as you love her. Be with us as we look at your bride uh, the next few weeks, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.